1: German and Tingle in the morning. He's gonna be at the Arcada Theater tomorrow in St. Charles. You're going to the show, Tingle. You
0: know I am.
1: Gonna eat at the speakeasy too. And he's uh he's gracious enough to join us here this morning. It's very early for you, so we're glad that you're there. You're in studio right now. Lou Graham, welcome. Welcome back to Chicago.
2: Thanks. Good to be here. It's been a little while since I've been here.
1: You know, um you share something with Tingle right there. Tingle also had a
0: brain tumor.
1: You had a brain tumor, and you you, really?
0: you're your tumor brothers. Mine was baseball size right here, and I lost my eyes for six months. And N- non-cancerous, though, right? Yeah, non-cancerous. They didn't know what it was, so for two weeks, I had to wait for the results, and that was the longest two weeks of my life. Holy Christmas. Yeah, it was nuts.
2: What about you? How, how was yours? Uh, I just started uh,
0: having bad headaches and short-term memory loss. What did they say was the cause of your headaches? Because they told me that mine got so big that it pushed my brain to the back, that's what gave me the headache, because I never had one headache until the day that I had one and started vomiting outside a restaurant, and mm. then I, I discovered it. Did you have lengthy period of headaches, or was it just a one-time discovery? No, it,
2: it was it was periodic. They'd come and they'd go. They, they wouldn't last a long time, but but they were intense when they did come my long and short-term memory got real spotty i'd go to call my mom and dad they had the same number phone number for 40 years i'd get halfway through the number i couldn't remember
1: the last three digits
0: i totally understand i can't remember some things sometimes and my mom talks to me about things and i said i have no idea what you're talking about yep it's I crazy
1: would, i would think that that would have freaked you out Lou graham i mean here you were oh, on the road with with foreigner at the time it did
2: freak me out yeah. and, and uh, i went to uh, the, the brain department at Strong Memorial Hospital in Rochester, which is my hometown, and, and uh, did an MRI, and they saw the tumor. They said that it was the size of a large egg.
1: When you hear that, I'm sure you're like, well, let's get this out now.
2: Well, I couldn't get anybody to operate on it. Why? Because of where it was and how uh, complicated it was, that normal surgery w- would have been just a death sentence. So uh, I went to about two or three doctors, And had MRIs, and they all told me that I should get my affairs in order. Really? Yes.
1: What a hell of a thing to say. How did that sink in?
2: I mean, I kind of went into shock, and I happened to be watching um, 60 Minutes, and they had a segment on a Dr. Black in Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital that was the purveyor of laser surgery that he used on inoperable tumors. That was basically my only option as as opposed to facing uh, a death sentence. You're here and you're kicking ass. Yep.
1: Well, I, I mean, you jumped right back on the road, though, right afterwards. Well, you know which... what?
2: My surgeon told me because of the, the length and breadth of, of the operation, he didn't want me touring for at least a year to a year and a half. So, so our manager rebooked the shows for two months after my surgery. The the doctor wanted me not to perform for a year to a year and a half.
1: Were you not in the position to go, Hey, listen, I need my rest. Yeah, how'd you feel about it? I wanted to do what the doctor wanted me. Okay. To do. Yeah. But
2: Foreigner's manager said, Look, we had to we had to cancel a number of shows be, because of your surgery and we have to make them up now or we're gonna be sued.
1: Well like tough. I, I just went through a brain yeah, surgery no, I, 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 I know, know
2: that... I know, but 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 uh I, I did the shows. Wow. But listen to this. I couldn't remember any of the
1: words.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had to have the first two or three words of each verse written out and taped to the floor in a semicircle for all the songs that we did. Remember, do you everything. still have
1: to do that? Like, no, you, uh, no,
2: that so, was only for about six months in, on that tour. After that, I was fine. But was like, oh, yeah. it is called
3: as I love. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It turns from can't remember to uh, foreigner scat, Lou Graham. Yep.
0: Hey, Lou, I want to do a line of questions with you. Just kind of go back in time, get some great stories from you. Okay. Uh, about the past. Let's start with the first one right here. The, the funniest memory from a band that you toured with.
2: I think when um, when we toured with Journey, we we were playing um, I think in St. Louis, the old Checker Dome, the hockey arena that they had there. And uh, the show went real well for both of us. And the next morning, I was downstairs in the hotel having breakfast. And Steve Perry comes over and, hey, Luke, can I sit down with you? Sure, come on, sit down. He has a cup of coffee. We're we're talking and he says, I've got an idea. Why don't we take your drummer, my bass player, your keyboard player, and you and me and form a super group. And, And my eyes are starting to roll to the back of my head. You know, I'm going. He's still high, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'm going, Steve. That's a great idea. Yeah. I, says, I says, "When you when you get that together, give me a call, will you?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou. The, the craziest thing you
0: ever experienced involving a fan.
2: I think it, it might have been um, this fan that I was getting uh, very crazy and lewd, obscene fan letters from oh really you know sending me pictures of her naked and 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 telling me explicitly what she wanted to do to me Uh when she saw me and and she was not attractive (laughs) (laughs) and and, and i I was you know and she 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 let me know that she would be at, at this next show we were playing it was a little picture that she sent me but i cut her face out and blew the picture up. And then we we passed it around to the security guys at the show. We were going, if you see somebody who looks like this, don't let them in.
0: (laughs) Okay, now let's go back before, way before Foreigner, to when you were a kid. The story behind the time you got in the most trouble as a kid. In
2: 1960, 65, the Rolling Stones came to Rochester, New York. Little little old Rochester, New York. Rolling Stones came to Rochester, New York. And their big hit at that time was Can't Get No Satisfaction. And I remember being at the dinner table the night of the show and telling my parents that I wanted to see the show. I had some friends who had tickets, and and I, I wanted to go to the show and have fun with my friends. And I saw my dad look at my mom, and my mom cast my dad a sideways look. And they said, I don't think so, Lou. The answer's no, so so I got mad, and I pushed myself back from the table and stomped off upstairs to my bedroom. But I wasn't I wasn't upset up there. I was getting ready to go to show, <laughs> so I got my my best duds on, my my tight jeans and uh, my madras madras shirt. When I was all set, I ran down the stairs and out the front door and started running down the street. And uh, when I was almost to the main road, I heard way off in the distance, Lewis,
0: I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be mom. It was my father. Oh, it was oh. your father, okay. Yeah.
2: And I heard that, and I started to laugh, and, and then I got a chill up my spine, and I kind of, you know, he means it. You know? Yeah. And I started hitchhiking. I got picked up by another car that was going to see the Stones, too, so they dropped me off. When the Stones were about two-thirds done with their set... The chief of police and about four policemen walked up on stage and waved the stones off in the middle of a song, and and they stopped. And you you could see them looking at each other. They were pissed. And the chief of police grabs Jagger's mic off the stand and and comes up to the edge of the stage and says, You're misbehaved. You're wild. You're not acting the way I, I think people your age should act. And this concert is over. And then the, then the audience started going crazy, and they rioted. And it was not a not a pretty scene. That was a very strange night. Did your father
1: murder you when yeah. you got home? Well, I'm, I'm, well, waiting, I'm waiting for a death at okay. the end of this story. <laughs> okay. listen,
2: listen to this now. I, I, I knew I was dead when I got home. Yeah. So, so... Live it up. Finally, I went to the front door. The door was unlocked, which I thought was really strange. They were waiting. And I, I opened the door. I went in. I shut the door. I locked it. I started walking towards the stairs to go up to my bedroom, and all of a sudden, a lamp in the living room. The light goes on in the living room. Right there on the couch. Yeah, my dad was sitting there. He goes, so, did you have a good time? <laughs> I said, I had a great time. I says, I met, met up with my friends. We had a terrific time. The stones were great. He goes, uh, I want you to know, he says, you're grounded. Indefinitely. He says, you know what indefinitely means? I says, for a long time. He goes, longer than that. Forever. Yeah. I went, oh, Dad! I says, I didn't do anything that bad. Why, why are you punishing me like this? You know, he says, go up to your room. He says, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You know, and and, and I went, oh, nuts! I said, I says, this is not fair. And I stomped up to my room, and I closed the door, and I'm going,
0: <laughs> you're you know, excited
2: about a great time. I, I thought I was going to get creamed, yeah. beat up, yeah. and, and and I only got grounded forever. That was—it's not you know, bad. Yeah, in a couple of weeks I was—I was out and around again.
1: Right, uh, I was going to say uh, you shouldn't be here then, or at the uh, the Arcada tomorrow night. You're grounded still yes, from the, your father. Yeah, right. And uh, good thing you were able to bring a guitarist here too. I know you're going to perform a couple of songs here in a second because uh, you're going to be obviously at the Arcata tomorrow night playing some foreigner music and your own. Such a great guy. We just had a great conversation with him. He's uh, he's in the other studio now. He's he's going to perform a couple of songs, a couple of acoustic songs for us here. Some for, I believe uh, some Foreigner and, and just a nice taste. Yeah. So uh, Lou, he's he's in the other room right now. He's all set up with uh, the guitarist. Lou, uh, what do you have in store for us here?
2: Uh, this this goes back all the way back to the beginning of uh, my years in Foreigner. This is the first single from the first Foreigner album.
3: Climb any mountain I'd sail across the stormy sea If that's what it takes me, baby To show how much you mean to me I guess it's just the woman in you You bring out the man in me Oh yeah I know I can't help myself You're only
1: studio in the drive studios gonna be at the arcada tomorrow night look at that i like that it was like an abbreviated version and uh, probably just right into something else here what, what what else uh what else do you have for us here today lou i'm
2: gonna do the uh the first single from from my first solo album
1: midnight blue okay right, here it is it's the drive
3: I ain't got no regrets. I ain't losing track of which way I'm going. I ain't gonna double back, no, no. I don't wanna misplay. I put on no display. An angel, no, but I know my way. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Listen, I used to follow. Well, yeah, that's true. Now my following days, they're over I just gotta follow through And I still remember what my father said He said, son, life is simple It's either cherry red Or it's midnight blue Oh, whoa Midnight blue The Midnight Blue. Oh, oh. oh. The deepest Midnight Blue. Oh, whoa, whoa.
0: Yeah! (laughs) Woo! Yeah, sounding great, man. Midnight Blue. Got those great high notes.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, that, that. Great job as always, Lou Graham is going to be at the Arcada uh, tomorrow night, and that that's like a story right there. That that song right there, it's it tells you a whole story through, throughout the whole thing. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, outstanding job. Yeah, thanks thanks for coming back to Chicago and have a great show tomorrow night, Lou Graham. You can find tickets at ArcataLive.com. Thank you, Lou Graham. My
2: pleasure. My pleasure.